0: Hi everyone, this is Aymara Freeman, host of Resilient and Real. So excited today because we have a very special guest, our very own chairman of the Board of Supervisors, Kurt Hagman. Chairman Hagman, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on today.
0: So, Chairman, you are officially our very first board of supervisor on our podcast.
1: Well, then I'm very honored to be part of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been with San Bernardino County a little over seven years. And in that time, uh, Chairman, I've seen you at several of our events. I think the first one that I saw you come out to was our Recovery Happens event that's hosted in September. And I definitely appreciate that as a local resident, that you're able to take time away from your busy schedule to support things around behavioral health and mental health and Substance Use Disorder. And for the month of May, we're very, very excited to be celebrating Mental Health Month. Maybe you can tell our listeners, why is it so important for us to celebrate behavioral health, mental health?
1: Well, thank you. And First of all, thank you for what you and the team does day in, day out to support our residents. You know, it's important that when we have a month like Mental Health Month in here in May, that people realize the reason why we do that is bringing awareness up. Everyone's been touched by, you know, behavioral health, mental health issues. And we just, you know, coming out of pandemic the last couple of years, we all, you know, dealt with some sort of stress mm-hmm. in our lives just because the environment around us. So to have the ability to bring the awareness up and to reduce the stigma uh, around mental health or behavioral health issues and to be able to educate our residents of, you know, there's, there's help out there and there's people willing to help in many different ways and that, They can reach out and just try to get some assistance if they're experiencing some problems with themselves or people they love and around them.
0: Right. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that word stigma. One of the many goals here in DBH is to reduce the stigma surrounding mental health, just because of the many misconceptions around that. So DBH appreciates your longstanding support of mental health. And you mentioned stigma. Is there something that you're willing to share with our listeners today about how you've been personally impacted by mental health issues?
1: I'll give a little further background. Actually, my college education was in psychology. And I think one of the misconceptions that the residents have is when you talk about mental health, they generally think it's someone who's, who has severe issues that may need medication or, you know, other kind of treatment, where in reality, mental health is all of us in certain degrees. If, if, if you're a parent, you have kids, if you mm-hmm. lived through COVID lately, if you have a stressful job, we all have certain degrees of mental health that we need to figure out ways to help ourselves out. You know, I remember, you know, way back when that we just take a walk around and do some minor exercise. It gives you some, you know, both physiological as well as mental relief for some of the stress that you may have. So, it's the full degree of healthiness, It's and it has to be integrated as much as we integrate in our physical health. We see about that in ads on TV to go join the gym or have different areas. Mental health is just as important for all of us to have a well-rounded life. Me personally, obviously, having a high-stress job is was always mm-hmm. part of dealing with on a day-to-day basis and living through what we've gone through with COVID-19, for example. And I have family members who've both had behavioral health issues and substance abuse issues in the mm-hmm. past that we're not just dealing with their issues specifically, but also the family how do you right. deal with that around and collectively try to support that family member? So I think we all have you know, if we lived around, we'll have a touch point of our life that we mm-hmm. need to to think about. And uh, and the more education and the more awareness of it and the more realization that there's resources out there, it helps us deal with that.
0: Right, absolutely. And I think, is that is that difficult for you to talk about or even um, just your willingness to be on this show because people like you who are in this position of a great authority and are politicians you know you you tend to have to be a certain way or project something or stay away or or maybe you go towards those topics that are that are taboo that are stigmatizing like behavioral health so are those issues are you comfortable talking about those things
1: yeah i say comfort in a certain way but also that i think all of us especially in the positions like i have we need to have education too because that's really what our job is we are you know on the county level we are that supportive network for our residents and and it's important to know how we communicate that out we have that ability to communicate out to our residents that there you know resources that there are problems um, we all be drive around Occasionally, you will see, you know, we have homeless outside. And some right. of those causes for the homelessness can be behavior and mental health as well. And we need to be, all of us, aware that, you know, this is, we need to work together not only to reduce the stigma of this, but to be educated and armed and work together to help solve the problem for our fellow man in our cities and, and the county of San Bernardino.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that working, working together hand in hand. Uh, Well, for the month of May this year, the national theme is Together for Mental Health. So that that segues perfectly. Uh, What comes to mind when you think of that theme?
1: Well, I I think we touch on uh, just briefly is that it's not a single, it's not just your job. This is all of our jobs. This is all our jobs to work together. When that we have someone personally in our life that we need to work with or that we're working together as a community to help those in our community achieve. Um, we spend a lot of resources, government does, on that safety net. And so if we're able to prevent and or if we're able to help folks get back into whatever quote unquote normal is anymore lifestyle, that helps all of us and allows us to, to work together. So this is not a singularity department or individuals type of job. This is all of us as a community to work together. So I, I love the your theme of Together for Mental Health because it's an awareness factor. It's to, to know that there are resources out there, and we all can play a part of that.
0: Thank you so much. And is there any message that you'd like our listeners
1: to take away? If you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. There's lots of resources here in the county, and I'm hoping that they are able to look online or to be able to reach out for our hotlines. that, we do have 24 hour hotlines as well for those who need help that um, they come across with that we can work together to re- both reduce the stigma, Uh, surrounding mental health and to get that awareness out. And frankly, that, you know, those who are experiencing issues are not alone, that there's others that are fighting those same issues. So Together for Mental Health is a a great mantra for this year, because it is all of us working together to help tackle mental health and behavior health issues.
0: Chairman Hagman, thank you so much for citing the example for the county and for our residents that Talking about mental health is okay, and it, and it's good, and it's helpful. And thank you so much for being on our show today.
1: I appreciate the honor to being your first supervisor here. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on today. And I really want to thank all of you that are working this day in and day out every day for all the good that you do for our residents in the county. We really do appreciate you from the board. And just keep up the great work that you're already doing.
0: We have a very special guest, Vice Chair Supervisor Don Rao. Thank you so much for being with us here today.
2: Good morning and thank you for having me.
0: So, I don't know if you know this, but our podcast is actually listened to in, I think, 80 different cities, a couple different states, and a couple different countries. So, for those of our listeners who are listening, maybe from India or Europe, can you tell them a little bit about yourself?
2: Oh, sure. I was born and raised in Southern California, met and married my late husband who was in the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps took us around to different parts of the U S and notably we landed in the Morongo basin up in Yucca Valley while he was stationed in 29 palms. And in 2004, he was unfortunately killed in Iraq by a roadside bomb. And my kids and I made the Morongo basin our home because at that time It was the only place where we could really afford to live, and we liked the community. So I became entrenched in San Bernardino County. I got involved in local politics because of some land use frustrations that I had in building a house. And through various opportunities and uh, just kind of different ventures, I ended up serving in local politics at the council level, and then got involved in state and federal, never knew a thing about the county and ran for the opening for supervisor. And I'm learning as I go. How long have you been supervisor now? I was appointed in December of 2018, which sometimes feels like yesterday and sometimes (laughs) feels like about a decade ago.
0: Yeah, I myself, I'm like, I really like politics too. I mean, I don't know if like is the right word, but I'm definitely like passionate about the freedoms that we have living in the United States. My aunt actually ran for mayor of the city of Beaumont, and she ended up winning. And I asked her one time, like, "How did you do it?" She's like, "I just went door to door and, and and knocked, and then asked everyone I knew to vote for me, and I won." And I was like, "Wow, that's
2: very cool. It's not that easy, right?" Uh, no, you know, I did actually. I didn't knock on any doors, but at that time, I was involved in. My church ministry, the kids is different sports and athletics and booster clubs and different political clubs, and so I somehow got well connected in the community. So instead of knocking on doors, I did it on the football and the soccer field. I think that's even better, right? Because you
0: already have those connections with people; they trust you already. They, they at least know me and what I stand right. for. Right? Oh, that's that's encouraging. Maybe one day, maybe one day I'll be running. And then also and I this might not be uh, please correct me but I think initially when I saw that you were running I did a little bit of research and do you have a marketing or PR background?
2: You know, my undergrad is I started off studying journalism as an undergrad and I took a class that told me I'd be making 15 to 17,000 a year when I graduated so I quickly added a double major of public relations. Graduated with my bachelor my bachelor's then I had the the double major of journalism and PR. And then oddly enough, my stepmom was a flight attendant for United. And as long as I was in school, I could fly free as a dependent. So I went right on to grad school and got my master's in marketing sort of as a a dual purpose to be able to still travel and explore the world as well as get an advanced degree.
0: Wow. That is awesome. So the more I'm I'm talking with you, the more I feel like um, this might be a reality for me. This might be my future. <laughs> and Ashley's all excited too because Ashley's, you know, we're like the two PR people in our agency, and we get geeked out about stuff like this. So um, I'm happy to be talking to you today for sure.
2: <laughs> oh, it was such a fun background and a great to have um, as a foundation for really anything that yes. you go into, right? Kind of um, circling back on our topic for today, May is
0: Mental Health Month, and I also would like to definitely thank and honor your late husband for his service and also for for yours. I think, you know, military families go through a lot as well, a lot of stress in that time and even till today now as a supervisor and dealing with COVID and all that it brought.
2: How important is self-care to you? You know, it's interesting, prior to my husband's death, I would probably tell you that I wasn't even aware of self-care. I mean, I guess if I thought if I Googled it and researched it, that would make sense to me. But after he died, the importance of self-care became paramount in my life. And so things that I do to practice self-care are, I'll give you some examples. When he died, I started running and running gave me time to think. Um, it gave me time to sort of pray for for where my values are and what I believe in. It gave me time away from my little kids who I, I had people that were willing to watch them. And I, I hope that doesn't come across as bad, but I became the full-time mom 24-7, and you just need a little break sometimes. And so that break for me enabled me to recharge. And someone had shared with me in counseling after my husband passed that. They said, you can be outside, um, things that rejuvenate us, being outside, sometimes being with other people and physical activity are all great things for consideration for self care. And when I heard that, I thought, you know, I was a sprinter in college and high school, never a distance runner. So I tackled marathon running because it gave me a sense of accomplishment for me personally. And it gave me that time to be outside, a little bit of break from the kids, and to think and to pray. And then also just for me to listen to music. That is a great thing that recharges me for self-care.
0: What is your longest marathon?
2: So they're all 26.2. The fastest that I have ever run it is um, just a little under five hours. I think it was like four hours and 45 minutes. And someone told me that Oprah ran a marathon. They laminated a card. They gave it to me and said, I will not let Oprah beat my time and I couldn't do it. She was still faster than I was. So wow. I think she did it in four and a half hours, which is super cool. It was a great accomplishment.
0: Yeah. She must've had some help
2: there. <laughs> I think she probably had more time to train than I did, but I ran several of them, probably close to a dozen by the time before my feet started to get arthritic and fall off and whatever, what happens when you get old. But I, I, I loved it. It was a time for me to really contemplate where I was going in life, who I was. I was always my husband's wife and my kids' mom. So Blake and Caitlin's mom and Alan's wife. And sometime after grad school and before his death, with your raising kids and marriage and life, you you lose a little bit of who is Dawn? And I got to redefine who not necessarily who I was, but where I wanted to go and what was important to me. And, and that distance running, or for people that wouldn't want to tackle that, just getting out and walking, you know, shutting off the phone, unplugging a little bit. For me, it was listening to worship music and really having that time to force think where sometimes I'll plop down late at night and fire up Netflix. And, and that for me too is a way that I can learn, shut my brain off from the day. And that's a good form of self-care also, but it doesn't allow the introspection that you need from time to time.
0: Yeah. I remember, I think in my time here with behavioral health, learning a lot too, because I didn't have a behavioral health background, but I heard Dr. Kelly one time say that I think walking and running and just being outside in physical activity is close to or equivalent to taking like an antidepressant. It's it's that powerful. So I definitely agree with that. I, I won't be doing any marathons. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could, but, but I definitely respect that. I, I spend my time in the garden and taking my, my little pug down the street and, and
2: and that's that's okay for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, you know, there's 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 lots of things. And so for me, who is crazy busy during the day with an awful lot of different, sometimes stressful things that go on during the workday, trying to transition out of that and into something that takes my mind off of it in a healthy way is. So sometimes when I listen to music, it could be therapeutic. But then also, it will take me down a road of contemplation that maybe that's not as good. So cooking, like I love to cook. Sometimes I find it hard to find the time to cook with the job, but knowing and prepping and planning, and then you get into it, right? And then you're pulling up recipes and you're looking at things and your mind is distracted from the day's event in a healthy way.
0: So with the pandemic, really, I think all a lot of eyes were on the board of supervisors and the meetings and I think, you know, at least in my experience here, I've never seen it quite so busy or excited. It's not the right word. Just people there with a lot of opinions and a lot of people that, you know, maybe in the past didn't get involved in politics. I know my husband one time said something at a school board meeting and he was like, you know, yelling and screaming and doing all of these things. They don't help like they don't help either side. So can we just all be, you know, professional and be respectful of one another, no matter where you stand, like on the spectrum of this position, whatever your position is. So for you, how did you deal with that? I mean, I saw some really ugly things at at board meetings where people just just spewed things. Like, how did you deal with
2: that meeting after? So it's interesting, you know, people, it was good in that it, Like, heck, I didn't even know what public health did or the powers that they had until this all happened. And I'm on the supervisor board. So it was an opportunity to educate everyone, myself included, my kids who were a part of this journey with me on really how how do we make public policy? How do we ensure that we have liberties Mm -hmm. Um, and and trying to educate people that you can be passionate at the school board? You can be passionate at the board of supervisors um, but we need to look upwards and sitting down and talking to the people who are rightly so very frustrated with their liberties being infringed upon and saying, well, I, one of the suggestions I had early on was, well, let's just do our own thing at the county and forget the state because we can take their roadmap for reopening and apply it, but we could just kind of ignore them because our county was so big. We had far reaches of the desert that just didn't have COVID cases or hospitalization rates like the valley area so why not let like needles and places like that open up and the answer was startling to me the answer was because state of california said we will withhold your federal funding i'm like well now i need to learn about federal funding and how it passes through the state and what can we do to circumvent that so that we can remain operative and functional and have our own local governance and that did, i mean i learned a lot i learned that i can't do that but Then it became the challenge of trying to articulate those things that I had learned to the public that we are elected to represent and to try to do it in a caring, a caring way that doesn't come across as condescending and really try to empathize with people who were pretty frustrated. So a significant challenge for all of us on the board.
0: Vice Chair Don Rao, thank you so much for taking
2: time out of your very busy schedule to be with us here today. Do you have any closing thoughts? I do. When I was thinking about what is self-care to to us and and what does it look like and how do we all implement it? Like I hear people talk about retail therapy and shopping. For me, that would stress me out because I'm a fiscal conservative. It freaks me out to spend money. I like to save it. So I think it's as important to take the time to recognize what is healthy self-care to each of us individually. And for me, while it may be outside hiking and cooking and things like that, that may not be for everyone for whatever the personal reasons. So self-care is important, but identifying healthy self-care is something that I would really like to encourage to spend some time thinking about.
0: Thank you so much for promoting self-care.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you for
0: listening to another episode of Resilient and Real. As always, if you'd like to share your story on the podcast or have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. Remember to follow us on social media for all things DBH. Until next time, live life resilient and real.